Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. For the first time in 2021, let us say Happy New Year to you. Probably the last group of people to say it. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. As always in this new year, our guests are going to appear via the Goodyear hotline. 2002 was the big buzzword when we last saw each other two and a half weeks ago. Everybody was expecting the Browns to snap the longest playoff drought going back to 02. But 2002 had another very important NFL moment, fellas, before we get into what you did over the holidays. October 30th of 2002, Herman Edwards stepped to the podium and said forever, you play to win the game. October 30th, 2002, and I think you know where I'm going with that with the Washington football team in Philly. We'll get into it in just a moment, but fellas, I haven't seen you since way back, way back in 2020. It's great to see everybody. Keyshawn is here with us in studio. Of course, Jay Will here as well. We're all back together. Key, how were your holidays? Good, man. Just, you know, hung out with the family, Um, you know, celebrated Christmas, New Year's, obviously, my daughter's birthday, Um, just kind of just hung out a lot of food a lot of presents enjoyed it wasn't as cold a little snowy i mean i got some some snow i didn't shovel my own snow i had somebody i had somebody uh do that for me but uh it was fun i mean watching watching a lot of the bowl games or whatever little bowl games that there were you know got a chance to see that obviously the college football playoffs but everything was good man i just um glad 2021 is here right so we can keep it rolling clean some of these things up that we went through in 2020 and uh, hopefully get get off to a fast start. Jay, how was your break? It was good. It was good. You know, we went up to went up to Maine. I know I, when I was joking with Key, Key was like, you went up to Maine? I'm like, no, yeah, I, I went up to Maine because yeah, I, I, I wanted to get away from everybody, I, which me and my family was good to spend some time with them. Didn't really watch a lot of sports, read about a lot of sports, a lot of articles, spent time reading and just kind of chilling out and being low-key and Getting replenished for this year, but we're coming in hot today, man. Today's a day. Absolutely. And I'll tell you in the final minute, I think I've officially entered. I'm 42. I think I've officially entered old man stage. The first thing when you're old, the first thing that goes is your back. So my back's already gone. I get it worked on once every other week. (laughs) Now my eyes are in terrible shape. I'm sitting six feet from Key, just for the PC police. We're exactly six feet apart. I can barely see Key. I can't even see the monitor in front of us. So I'm getting the peepers at some point this week so I can see everything. But I just have to admit, here I am, 42, going on 62. The back is down. The eyes are down. Who knows what will come next. Thank goodness I'm a baby. Zubin, you have to get LASIK, Zubin. You got to get LASIK surgery, man. I know, I know. That's probably the next step. That's probably the safest thing. Thankfully, I'm about eight inches away from this computer screen, which I can also barely see at the moment. So uh, enough of my problems. Right now, Doug Peterson has some major problems. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let's get straight into it. It's just after 6 a.m. in the East, so many of you may not have seen this last night. So let me give you the cliff notes, and then we'll get Key's opinion on what happened. Jay is really hot on what happened, and then Mr. Excuses himself, Doug Peterson. As you well know, the Washington football team last night with a win in Philly would win the NFC East. If the Eagles could win, the Giants would sneak in to the playoffs. It's 17-14 Washington late in the third, and the Eagles come up with a big pick, take it deep down into Washington territory. It's fourth and goal at the four. Instead of kicking a chip shot field goal, let's make it 17 apiece, heading to the fourth, competitive fourth quarter, game 256, final quarter of the season for every single team. The fourth 
fourth and final quarter of the NFL's last regular season game. They go for it on fourth and four. They can't convert. Jalen Hurts goes to the bench. Nate Sudfeld, the Eagles' third-string quarterback, comes in. Carson Wentz was inactive. And essentially, Washington is able to hold on, win the game, and win the division. There was a tremendous amount of outcry after the game. Here's Doug Peterson real quick on yanking Hurts for Sudfeld with social media going crazy the second it happened. Yes, I was coaching and we had to win. Uh, yes, that was my decision solely. Nate has uh, obviously been here for four years, and I felt that uh, he he deserved an opportunity to uh, to get some to get some snaps. And listen, if there's anything out there that that thinks that I was not trying to win the game, I mean, you know, Ertz is out there, Brandon Graham's out there, Darius Slay's out there. You know, all our top guys are still on the field at the end, so we were we were going to win the game. Key, okay. I. He was trying to win the game. I mean, like clearly, right? I mean, if you if you oh think about God. it, he he didn't want to, he didn't want to kick the field goal because he wanted to win the game. He didn't want to end in a tie for whatever strange reason, even though there was a whole other quarter to play. Right. And, and look, I, I understand that people are not happy with his post game press conference and some of the questions that he answered in which he answered them to not the for not the liking that people wanted him to. He doesn't owe the Giants fan base anything, right? And if he wants to move from the ninth pick in the upcoming April draft in 2021 to the sixth pick, hats off to him. That is a smart move to do. Why wouldn't I want to be the sixth pick in the draft and not the ninth pick if I have nothing to to gain by winning the football game? I have nothing to gain. Why in the hell would I want to do you a favor? You you put your season in my hands, the Philadelphia Eagles? You're the New York Giants, and you put your season in my hands. You needed a favor from me. No, I'm not. That's not why I'm coaching. I am coaching to make my organization and my team better. And if that means that I can go from the ninth pick of the draft to the sixth pick of the draft, which is a sweet spot to be in, why in the hell wouldn't I do it? Why wouldn't I do it? And then you expect for me to have to explain to you in my post presser why I needed to do it that way. I don't need to explain anything to you. I wanted to win the game, and I felt like we can win with Nate. Jay, you feel a little differently, huh? <laughs> uh, Zubin, look, hey, you know, in, in the year of 2020, when we dealt with a lot of politicians saying a lot of crazy things, a lot of people have said a lot of crazy things in the history of this country, but I feel like <laughs> the, the year of politicking continues for Doug Peterson, right? Like, I, my thing is, first off, I think this is a slap in the face, and who cares about Giants fans? Who cares about Giants fans? To your own players, to, to guys like Jason Kelsey, who came out on December 15th and was like, tanking is a basketball thing. We're not doing that here. We play every game to win. I just think the way that Doug Peterson communicates to the media sets a poor example for his team. And I think it's a lack of leadership, right? I think it's a lack of leadership for Jalen Hurts, who played his tail off, who put them in a position to win with two rushing TDs, right? Like, even though he didn't play great. Like, to all of a sudden do that to Nate Subfield, it puts him in a precarious situation. Then to get up on the podium afterwards and say, well, I just felt like he deserved reps. Where the hell did that come from? I'd just rather you be honest and frank. And, Key, you always talk about being real. And if you got a problem, you're going to say to somebody. He's a football coach, Jay. He's not going to tell you what you want to hear. I don't care. His track record this year has been horrific. And now you're talking about a sensitive quarterback, a fractured relationship. Well, damn, that's because the way Doug Peterson handled this whole thing. He's he's a football coach, Jay. He's not going to do it. I don't care if he's a a car salesman. I don't care if he's a football coach. 
Doesn't well, work that way. I'm telling you the way it needs to work, especially in a city like Philly, where people just deserve to hear what is the plan. Everybody knows the plan. The plan is to go from nine to six. Everybody it's doesn't simple. know the plan. Everybody, everybody doesn't know the plan. knows the plan, no, man. Keyshawn, just because you clearly say everybody knows the plan. They went from nine to six. It's in your face. How much more do you need to see? So, Key, you're saying uh, the way you play a game, the end result doesn't matter the way you play the game. That's essentially it, what you're saying. So what, I, what I'm saying to you, hold no on, let me finish for a second. What I'm saying all. to you is my thing is it's fine if that's the plan. But the way you go about the plan, that says something. That speaks volumes about your franchise, I, about your leadership I, style. I, I don't need to explain to my players what I'm thinking at the time that I'm thinking it. I don't need to explain to you, Jay. Really? No, I don't. Well, I don't need to say anything to you about our plan. You go out there and you keep playing. And internally, if me and our front office got something going where we want to move from nine to six because we see clearly there's an opportunity there at that point in time, we didn't start the game off with the second and the third team players. We started off with our players, our front line guys, and we left them in, Zubin. There's no doubt about it. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Let me just throw in a couple of points here. They go from ninth to sixth, as Key has mentioned. If you're wondering, the last top ten pick the Eagles had in the NFL draft, his name was Carson Wentz. If you're wondering, the Washington football team, by winning the NFC East, by virtue of doing that, they'll host Tom Brady and the Bucks on what they're calling Super Wildcard Weekend. It'll be Tampa and Washington Saturday night. And the only other thing there is to say, it seems like a million years ago, week one of the NFL season, in week one, it was Washington over Philadelphia, just like it was in week 17. Except in week one, the starting quarterbacks in those games are Carson Wentz, and Dwayne Haskins. It just goes to show you how many things can change throughout Jeez. the course of Man, an NFL Dwayne season. Haskins, I forgot all about him. <laughs> yes. He'll be back with somebody, hopefully, maybe soon. On the way, Adam Gay, sooner rather than later, out in New York. The word was official last night. Is Sam Darnold about to follow him out the door with gangrene as well. We'll discuss that after I remind you, beginning tomorrow, January 5th, Mike Greenberg begins his show, Greeny, immediately following our show on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can have the newsmakers you'd expect, the A-listers, and interact with you every single weekday from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin right into Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
If I ever wanted to make my foray into being an NFL insider, I could have broken that news myself and been pretty confident it would happen at some point or another. Adam Gase is out with the Jets 9-23 and after two years. He was 23-25 and with the Dolphins, so if he wants to go ahead and ruin the Bills and the Patriots, he could make it a clean sweep in the AFC East. It's Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests this morning will join us on the Goodyear hotline, including Adam Schefter, who broke that story. He'll join us this morning at 7.45 a.m. Eastern, the Monday after the Sunday of the regular season, concluding there are generally a lot of coach firings, a lot of movement in the front office and on the sideline. And we'll dig into that with Adam coming up at 7.45 a.m. Eastern. Key, a lucky number 13. The Jets lose those 13 games in a row out of the gate. They finish with two wins. They've got the number two pick in the draft. Jacksonville will pick first. It's their first overall number one pick in the 27-28 year history of the franchise. I think we all know where the Jags are going. They once drafted a white kid with long blonde hair named Blaine Gabbert. Let's hope that the next white kid with the long blonde hair turns out a little bit better in Trevor Lawrence. But that leaves us at the Jets at number two. They have a quarterback on the roster who you says has a lot of skill, just needs some talent around him. And now you're in a position where you can bring in a coach that can maybe get that talent to mesh to get the most out of Sam, or maybe they decide to move on from Sam. Where do you stand? You know, you, you, I go back and forth with this thing. Obviously, the beginning of the season, I was all in Sam, 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 no matter what, Sam. And then as the season kind of came to an end, I'm like, well, you know, maybe, maybe he moves on. Then I come back to, you know, it all depends on what you want to do as a head coach. So many times in this league – your draft position will dictate the narrative about what people think you should be at, at at a position because Sam was drafted so high. The first thing that comes to mind is he's got to throw the football and he's got to be this and he's got to be that. Well, if you get a coach in there like a Kevin Stefanski who understands that who Baker Mayfield is as a quarterback and you, you have that guy now come to the New York jets to understand what Sam is as a quarterback. Now, you're sitting at the number two spot. And I know, I know, Trevor Lawrence, once in a lifetime, he's the greatest quarterback, he's a family guy, all of those things, right? You you, you hear all of that. When was Tell me the last time a number one overall quarterback outside the Mannings won a Super Bowl. Hmm. You got to go all the way back past the Manning brothers to maybe get the Troy Aikman. Right. And, and so when you start to look at it, If you bring in the right head coach to understand who you are, Zubin, as a player and what your strengths and weaknesses are along with Joe Douglas, you may not have to move on from Sam. Because if you look at what they figured out in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, we don't need four wides and shotgun formations 75% of the time to win football games. We need a running game, we need a defense, and we need our quarterback to be better than a manager. Can Sam do that? If I'm a confident offensive coordinator and brilliant mind, can I get him to do those sort of things? Or do I want to play five wides, four wides, throw the ball all over? You're not going to win in the National Football League doing that. What team outside of Kansas City, which still has a running game, as well as Green Bay that's balanced, as well as the New Orleans Saints that's balanced, as well as the Rams that's balanced, Seattle's balanced, Tampa Bay's balanced, is throwing the ball all over the lot. So you get a balanced situation going. You stick with that quarterback. You take that number two pick, and you dangle it out there for some suckers 
<laughs> to go get a quarterback that they think is the next, the next. That's what you do. Well, I would say this, Zubin. I, you know, Joe Douglas, obviously you have enough time to, to make that evaluation on where you think Sam Darnold's future will be. But nobody's – it's not a lock that – uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jaguars. I mean, you, you could have a situation in which Ryan Day becomes the head coach for the Jags, and all of a sudden Justin Fields can end up becoming number one pick, and you have to be fluid. You have to you, know, you have to adjust on the fly if the Jets end up having a chance to draft a guy like Trevor Lawrence. The, the one thing I will say is regarding to Sam's fifth-year option for 2022, right? He'll likely um, be, it'll be likely be more than $25 million. That seems highly unlikely that they will commit to give Darnold – that considering his inconsistent play. So the main question is, so with Darnold playing on that, the final year of his contract, if you were to bring him back, he could put the Jets on the hook for a big contract in 2022 if Darnold plays well or losing him for nothing after that season because his trade value will be gone. So my thing is fluid, but there are guys out there like Justin Fields. There's guys out there like Zach Williams. Zach Wilson, who if you if you don't want to pay the money down the line for Sam Darnold, if you don't think he's the guy, then you obviously put a rookie quarterback in that situation with a rookie contract, and you go out and you get better assets to surround him to build towards the direction your head coach wants to go. If you are worried about the money aspect of it, the guaranteed money kicks in if Sam Darnold's hurt in the fifth-year option. You don't have to address the fifth-year option until the springtime. All those guys, whether it's Josh Allen – whether it's Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, any of those quarterbacks in that class that got drafted in the first round, fifth-year options come into play in the springtime. And Mike Tannenbaum will be on with us shortly at 6.30. We can certainly ask him about the fifth-year option. And then when you take a look at what that is for Sam, you say, okay, here's where Joe Douglas and the new head coach kind of gets in a little bit of a pickle. If you move on from Sam and Sam goes somewhere, I don't know, just throw a team out there, San Francisco. Okay. And he turns into Ryan Tannehill. Uh-oh. And then you draft Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson or, or, or Justin Fields or any quarterback that's floating around out there that you think you like. And he turns into Tim Couch. Hmm. Now what? Now what, what, what do you, you – so you've got to be sure – as an organization, as a general manager and a new head coach on the same page that I like some of the things that I see. I'm not asking him to push the ball down the field 35 times again. I don't want him doing that. This is what I want him to do. This is what we're going to get him to do. Let's take that number two pick. Let's get several picks for that. And I think we can win with Sam. Because me personally, if I, was, if I was in this position just right now, I think they can win with Sam with the right hand coaching play. I think they can. You don't have to worry about pushing the ball down the field because you took him as a three, third pick in the draft. That's out the window. We'll wait to see what happened again. The Jets are in the second spot, and as Key mentioned, our Mike Tannenbaum, who is a former general manager of the Jets, will be here to weigh in as well. Coming up, by the way, also at 9, 10 a.m. Eastern. I know it's a long ways away, but since Jay mentioned the play of Justin Fields, you know, everybody was down on Fields after a couple of bad games, including the Big Ten title game. How much does the stock rise after Speak one sensational game, right, against the guy that everybody said had cleared the gap from him in Trevor Lawrence? We'll get the coaching perspective of Jim Moore coming up at 9, 10. Again, on the way, what should the Jets do next with Darnold? We'll ask Tannenbaum, and what's the front office reaction to the, quote, integrity of the game argument last night between mm. the Washington football team and Philly? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's start with Gang Green with the ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum joining us on the Goodyear Hotline brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead Goodyear more driven. For those that don't know, Mike was once the GM of the Jets and he joins us this morning. All right, Mike. So it's obvious it was just bound to happen. It did just hours after the regular season finale, a loss to the Patriots. Adam Gase is out. So who's in and what will it mean for Sam Darnold? Oh, I think this job is going to be defined by, again, three things. The quarterback, the quarterback, and the development of the quarterback. <laughs> Adam Gates came in two years ago. They wanted to develop Sam Darnold. That has not worked out. Sam Darnold has 46 turnovers in his first three years. Sorry, Key. I know the USC uh, reference is going to hurt, which is the fifth most of anybody uh, in the league in terms of quarterbacks and turnovers. And when you look at the Jets and their future, it's going to be their head coach. And what are they going to do at the second pick? Is it Justin Fields of Ohio State, Zach Wilson of BYU? Or do they stay with Sam Darnold and draft, let's say, Panay Suell, the talented offensive tackle of Oregon? So first the head coach, then the quarterback. And if we're looking through it through the lens of the quarterback, I think two people really stand out. Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator of Tennessee, and Brian Dayball, who used to work for the Jets, who's done an amazing job as the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. Mike, do you have to go offensive coordinator? Can't you just go a good head coach, a a, a brilliant mind, an organizational mind, a guy that can put things in perspective to get Sam to be a better player and not necessarily a guy who has to drop back 45 times a game and throw the football? Absolutely. You you want to look – a CEO makes a ton of sense as well, Key. Uh, another guy I would talk about is Eric Bieniemy, Kansas City. He's helped institute a culture, a program, develop the quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. He checks a lot of boxes as well. Jim Caldwell did an amazing job in Detroit. I think Coach Caldwell's probably gotten more credit after leaving Detroit than he was there. So there are a number of good candidates out there. So we'll see how this plays out. But this is an organization where they've had a lot of changes. They feel good about Joe Douglas as the GM. They have the second pick in the draft. They have a lot of cap room. They also have Seattle's first-round pick in the Jamal Adams trade. So it is a good opportunity. But, again, for me, it's defined by the quarterback. And whether or not it's Sam Darnold or Fields or Wilson, they have to get that right, and that's where their opportunity is. Mike, let's actually talk about another quarterback, but this one for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, The relationship between Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz appears to be unfixable. 
what should their next step be? Jay, well, it's really complicated. Jalen Hurts was really playing well. You know, last night only completed seven passes. That has to factor into your decision and sort of your discussion. I would work really hard to try to repair that relationship because Carson Wentz's ceiling is at an MVP level. And in a perfect world, I would bring both of them back, both Wentz and Hurts. If you can't, then I would trade them. And obviously, all signs to me point to Indianapolis. Frank Wright's the head coach of the Colts. They had massive success together in Philadelphia. Philip Rivers is close to retirement. So I would pour all resources within reason to bring Wentz and Hurts back. If that doesn't work out after several meetings, then I look to try to maximize his value with the Colts. As you look at, you're talking about Carson Wentz, Mike, and and Jalen Hurts completed only seven passes last night, a few drop balls obviously there. That relationship is fractured to some degree. Why not just part ways with him, get the capital that you can get in trade value, and move on and start the process with Jalen Hurts now and take the cap hit? Well, you may wind up there. The reason I would pause on that key is we've seen Carson Wentz's healing. Here's what's so unusual and weird about Wentz is he came from a smaller school, an FCS school, and when it doesn't work out, typically you would say he couldn't step up in competition, he lacked confidence, but he played great in the NFL. It's hard to find great, young, talented quarterbacks. It's not a hope. It's not a projection. He actually did it. So I would work really hard to see if we could get back to that level right here in Philadelphia. And maybe we can't, but that's what organizations are supposed to do, fix problems and maximize opportunities. And I think drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round made a ton of sense. He's an intriguing player. He's like a lot of these young rookie quarterbacks. No offseason program, no training camp. He got thrown in there. He flashed some really good things. There's obviously a lot to work on, like a lot of these quarterbacks. But why not try to bring back both of them instead of moving on from a guy that you've known has been successful? Having been in a position of power, Mike, in, in running a couple organizations and having to make key decisions, you were the guy that it stopped and started with. When you look at the Chicago Bears and you look at Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy, and so many times we talk about these so-called quarterback gurus coming in and they're supposed to have all the answers. But for whatever reason, Chicago went away from Mitch Trubisky when they did. Now he has them backdoored into the playoffs. What should the Bears do with Trubisky long-term? Yeah, Key, this is an interesting one to me because the Bears did make the playoffs. So that is the good news. Let's give them credit. But when you look at it over a three-year period of time and you're objective about it, are we happy with the trajectory of that program? I would say probably not. And I would probably move on from Mitch Trubisky. And I would give Matt Nagy maybe another year. I would look at the veteran market. Jameis Winston really intrigues me because he started 70 games. He's young. Marcus Mariota really fits what he uh, Matt Nagy likes to do offensively. And then maybe go draft a quarterback as well. But they're going to go play the Saints this weekend. I don't think there's anyone here that thinks they have a chance to win that game. So we have to keep in mind there's now seven teams that make the playoffs. So just by making the playoffs, I don't know if that's – accomplishing a lot in terms of where organizations want to get. So I would take a long look at replacing Trubisky. So now that you say no one here thinks that they can go in the Saints and beat the Saints, there's always an opportunity when you get in, and you know that as well as anybody. What if they go to New Orleans and they beat the Saints and Mitch Trubisky plays well? What now? What What do you do now? Of course, we can always reevaluate things, but I think that's such a 
high bar key, and here's why. I think Drew Brees is really close to the end. That offense runs through Alvin Kamara and then draw a line. Hopefully Michael Thomas can come back in the postseason. Obviously there's been, you know, that has not worked for a lot of reasons during the season. He's been hurt. But to me, when I watch Drew Brees, it's really close to the end. But the reason I favor the Saints so much in this game is that defense is really good. And I just don't see Chicago being able to move the ball. It may be a lower scoring game than people realize. But I just don't think Chicago's will be able to score on that defense consistently to keep it close. And that's why I see Chicago one and done. They didn't exercise the option on Trubisky. And I think if I'm them, I'd rather take a long look at someone like Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota and a draft choice because I think you have a much higher ceiling uh, long term. Mike, evaluate this. How likely is Baker Mayfield to have locked up his long term future with the Browns? I think it's a very similar situation to Chicago, Jay Will. Wow. They got into the playoffs. That's great news. But styles make fights, guys. They have to go into Pittsburgh. Cleveland's secondary isn't very good. And Pittsburgh is really, they're very interesting. They can't run the ball. 32 in the league in running the ball. But you can't sack Roethlisberger either because he gets rid of the ball so fast. I just think it's a really hard matchup. And that strength of the team, is when you look at it and you're objective about it, it's Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. They could run the ball. They could control the line of scrimmage. Um, Andrew Berry, their first-time GM, he's done an amazing job with Kevin Stefanski. And I don't know if Baker Mayfield is the reason they got in in as much as maybe despite him they got in. And that's why when you look at how they're built, their strengths are on up front on both sides of the ball with two great running backs and hopefully when they get OBJ back. But that quarterback position to me is still a big question mark. There's no doubt about it. We mentioned it before your best offensive player with the Browns and your best defensive player, both in their mid-20s. Your head coach and your GM are both in their 30s. The foundation is strong. Much more Browns conversation. A ton of Browns conversation coming up at 7 a.m. Eastern. Mike, we got to let you run, but i got to ask you this. When Justin Fields had a couple of poor games, particularly the Big Ten title game, people downgraded him a little bit. They said the gap with Trevor Lawrence was growing. Suddenly, he faces Trevor Lawrence, has one of the best games in the short you know, seven-year history of the college football playoffs, clearly outplays Trevor Lawrence. If one or two games can move you so far down in the eyes of evaluators, what can one game against a really loaded team full of NFL players do to swing the pendulum back the other way? It puts you right there, Zubin. And I'm telling you, the draft has started last weekend, and now the next iteration will be Monday night in Miami when you see Justin Fields against Alabama. If Ohio State beats Alabama, I still think at the end of the day, Jacksonville will take Trevor Lawrence, but boy, does that help the Jets because if the Jets hold on to Sam Darnold, that second pick becomes a lot more valuable. And it may just be for them, hey, you know what? It didn't work out with Sam for whatever reason. Whatever reason, Justin Fields couldn't start at Georgia, which is really remarkable to me. I think Kirby (laughs) Smart made a big mistake. Turn in the card, take Justin Fields, and just move forward with him. So the eyes of the NFL will be glued to that game next Monday night. Hey, Mike, I just want to throw this in there before we let you go. Zubin has a man crush on Jake Fromm, so just want you to know that. <laughs> the way Josh Allen's playing, I'm going to have to keep that crush going long. He ain't going to get out there for a long time the way Josh Allen is playing. Mike, thank you so much. Happy New Year. Thanks, guys. You too. Just a reminder, beginning tomorrow, Tuesday, January 5th, Jets fan Mike Greenberg 
wears it on his sleeve, begins his show, Greeny, immediately following Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin here at 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day. The biggest stories of the day is only Mike Ken, those A-list newsmakers you'd expect from somebody like Greeny to have in the Rolodex, and they'll interact with you every single weekday morning from Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right into Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. I also want to mention this in a bit of a poignant note. Today's a special day here at ESPN. I want to take a moment to remember our former friend and colleague, the legendary, the late, great Stuart Scott. Today is the sixth anniversary of his passing after his courageous battle with cancer. Stu was always a champion for cancer research, especially driven to improve outcomes for minority populations who are more susceptible to die from cancer at a higher rate than other ethnic groups. After Stu's passing, ESPN and the V Foundation for Cancer Research created the Stuart Scott Memorial Cancer Research Fund to support minority scientists and research in cancer disparities between ethnic groups. To date, the V Foundation has made more than $10.5 million in research grants from the fund. During the last month, ESPN and partners like the UFC, Stewart's Fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha, and TSC Threadless, the makers of those Booyah t-shirts you might see with Stu's beloved Carolina Blue on top of a navy blue background, have been supporting initiatives to benefit the fund in Stu's honor and more than $300,000 has been raised. We want to thank them and thank all of you for all of your support. Stu famously said, when you die, it doesn't mean you lose to cancer. You beat cancer by how you live why you live, and in the manner in which you live. Six years after his death, his words continue to empower and inspire us all. I know everybody's really busy, and I did this yesterday. If you have an opportunity, go to YouTube. If you have a minute, wherever you're going, just type in the word Stuart Scott Espy, hit enter, and the speech pops up, his legendary speech from the Espies when he was weak. He was going to be dying there shortly thereafter, but he gave those final words. His daughters joined him on the stage. It's eight minutes and seven seconds. I know everybody's got a million things going on right now, but if you can spare eight minutes, seven seconds, it's an inspirational, it's a pick-me-up, it's amazing from our late, great colleague. Again, if you have a couple moments to go down memory lane, words were Stu's specialty. Nobody wove words together like Stuart talking sports, and he did so on that night in front of the sports world with all of his vulnerabilities there. It was an unbelievable thing. Prayers, sympathies go out to his two beautiful daughters and try to help fight the battle with Stu in spirit and legacy. Let's go from A to Z. And from A to Z is brought to you by Dell. New year, new budgets. Dell Technologies Advisors give you real-time tailored advice. Plus, right now, get big savings on select business computers with Intel Core processors. Call 877-ASK-DELL. Texas has a new head football coach. His name is Steve Sarkeesian. Of course, Key knows him well from his days, of course, with USC. He was also with Washington. This year, he won the Broyles Award, very prestigious, given to the nation's top assistant. He was the offensive coordinator at Alabama. And if you're going to start to chip away at the veneer, the legend of Saban, especially the offense they've been able to put forth, Texas finally doing it. Tom Herman done after four years on the job. Here's the man they call Sark when asked what makes him different than the other head coaches before him there. And we all want Texas to be back. We all believe Texas should be back. That's why I'm taking this job. But the reality of it is we have to put in the work. And then when you put in the work, then you, then you get the outcomes that you desire. So, you know, there's no guaranteed promises to, to this thing here. It's you got to put in the work and we'll go to work. And we'll, like you said, we'll, t- we'll put together a great staff. We'll recruit really good players and really good kids on and off the field. And then we'll develop a culture and a unity on our team that, that can't be broken. 
one comment and one question for the fellas. The comment is he will stick with Alabama throughout championship week. The championship game between Alabama and Ohio State, of course, is on ESPN. It'll be one week from tonight. Sark will be with the Tide throughout the conclusion of this game week and the national championship. Key, you know him well, SC Connection. Is this a 100% hit on the 40 acres? I think it is a good good hire for them. The interesting thing about Sark is he has to understand the Texas landscape because recruiting down there is very political. And once he gets his feet wet, I think he'll do a good job. Time ran out at SC because Sark had some personal family issues going on. Not only everybody focuses in on the alcohol problem that he had, but it was Mm -hmm. deeper than that. And whenever you have issues as a coach, you should dial up Alabama and talk to Nick Saban about joining the staff because it is amazing the rebirth that he is able to do with his assistant coaches, whether it's Mike Loxie, whether it's Lane Kiffin, Brian Dable, now Steve Sarkeesian. Cristobal. Uh, Cristobal. I mean, you could just go on and on. Charlie Strom is there as an analyst. Mm-hmm. So you just go there and you'll get another shot. There's no question about it. We should also mention with the way Oklahoma's recruiting and A&M is recruiting coming off a near appearance in the playoff, it is critical Texas gets this right. They're taking it from all avenues. Their in-state rival, their biggest rival overall. They've got to make a move. It's got to work. Jay, I want to get your thoughts on this. Cam Newton addressing rumors of a split from the Pats on Sunday NFL Countdown. Adam Schefter said that he didn't expect the Pats and Newton to be together next year, but you know how the media works. That certainly turned into <laughs> they won't return. And by the way, Bill gave a scolding to the media after the game yesterday when he was asked about it and said, I didn't say that. Did Adam say that? I didn't say that. Here's Cam Newton asked, will you be returning to Foxborough next year? Listen, um, I have my desires. Uh, I know what my heart said. I know, you know, the things that, you know who I am, uh, but as far as that, I can't really speak on it right now. Um, but just my whole time here in New England has just been a blessing. I've learned so much about myself, about the great teammates, unbelievable coaching, and um, yeah. So I just just see how it goes, and you know we'll go from there. Sounds good, Jay. What does it mean though? Well, it it means that Cam is acting like a professional. And if Cam Newton is not back with the New England Patriots next season, then I think it will be one of the most critical seasons of his career. I do not see him being a starter. Uh, I I think that might be a backup uh, QB scenario. And if Cam is a backup QB, he has to continue to do the things that he has been gloated for this season with the Patriots, being a great teammate, being the the energy in the locker room. But I really think it will test – the, him through adversity by having a, a juncture in his career for the first time that he will be a backup. And how will he handle that? Can he go out and winning starting a job again? I think that's a question we're all going to be talking about next season. Key, what do you think here? Man, the dude is going to be in New England, man. You call it. He's going to be in New England. He's going to. Now, whether or not they bring in a young quarterback or a veteran guy, Cam Newton is going to be with the New England Patriots. Jared Stenham is not the future. That's why Stenham did take a snap yesterday. Because it's just not – Every I was getting texts, how come Bill won't play Stenham? I'm saying he sees him every day. He knows what he is. Well, how are you going to play something that you're looking at every day and you know you're not confident in what that quarterback is? And I know Cam has looked bad at times. He's shown you some good stuff at times. He's bounced balls in the dirt at times. There's no question about it. And I think for New England Patriot fans or people – fans of the New England Patriots, so to speak, 
they've seen Tom Brady for 20 years. <laughs> and, it, and, and what they've seen is a guy completing balls at a high rate. Cam Newton was never going to complete balls at a high rate. His best completing percentage was in the 60s, and that was with Norv Turner. So it's like this is – he's better than what he – he's better than what we saw. There's no offseason. There's no real training camp. Truncated training camp, by truncated, the way. Truncated, shortened. And, and, and not only that, this, he's throwing the ball to dudes that's me's and you's. I mean, come on. His best receiver is Jacoby uh, – I'm going to say Brissette. Jacoby Myers mm-hmm. is his best wide receiver. He has no tight ends. Uh, it's, a, it's just – look, he'll be fine. And will he be a starter in the National Football League again? Probably so because he has that type of fight in him. We should mention that he also had the COVID battle and the Pats had a ton of opt-outs more than most other teams. Let's also mention this. Jared Stidham is the only quarterback right now on the roster that's going to be on the team next year, contractually speaking. But, Key, this is setting up – or, Jay, let me ask you this. I know you want to jump in. I can hear your voice. I mean, this is setting up to be a season unlike – an off season unlike any other – for Bill Belichick, out of the playoffs for the first time since 08. The division reign is over after 11 years, 17 years of 10-plus wins. They need help. This is going to be an offseason unlike he has ever had in Foxborough. And, and that's why I won't definitely say it's definitive that Cam Newton will be back as a Patriot next year. Look, he, he's, he's thrown for eight TDs, and he's had 10 interceptions. Like He struggled within games and critical junctures of the game. Uh, from a playmaking ability, I know he can make a lot of plays with his feet and rush for a lot of TDs, but it, it just feels like, you know, look, this offseason is going to be so fluid. There, there are a lot of people that I think Bill Belichick will try to pursue to see if the optionality will be there for him to bring somebody different into that organization. Key, we got about a minute here to go. Um, we had Bill Belichick on the very first day of our show Monday, August 17th, 2020. You have a great relationship with Bill. That's why he came on the show. Uh, this year, more than any other, even after games, people are pressing him on failed draft picks. They're pressing him. The Boston media has always been tough, but they're tougher on Bill than I can ever remember. It only seems like it's going to intensify. Well, you, you're you losing, right? You didn't win the division for the first time in 11 years or whatever it's been, and then all of a sudden there's an opening, and you want to you wanna attack that opening. I mean, they smell blood in the water, man. This dude, you know, you're a part of the media. You guys are sharks. <laughs> That's true. We see, we smell that blood in the water. We are all over it. That's for sure. It'll be a very interesting offseason. Yeah, you and we'll Jay Will, you guys are sharks. <laughs> Jay, we'll take it. We'll take it. Keyshawn, Jay Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance, making it as easy to bundle home and car insurance. On the way, sure, the playoff drought is over for the Browns, but something bigger happened with them yesterday. That's at the top of the hour. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast.